Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to 2022, and welcome to Lost Floors Church. We're in a brand new year and a brand new sermon series. And today we're going to dive into this new sermon series, but first I want to tell you about a podcast I was listening to this last week. I love podcasts now. They're they're educational, they're motivational. I, I just enjoy listening to them, especially now that I drive a little ways to get to work. And so this week, as I was listening to this podcast, I was listen, listening to a pretty motivational guy, and he had this lady on. And this lady was talking about a study that these scientists had done in the NBA, the NBA, the Professional Basketball League. And so so basically, these scientists, they decided, let's look at the success of the team um, by how many high fives and fist bumps they give. Now, I find this fascinating because these scientists who weren't basketball players, they watch every preseason game of these NBA teams, and the ones that fist bumped each other and high fived each other the most were the most successful teams. Literally, they were able to predict the most successful teams, not based on the skill of the players or the big names of the players or how many three-pointers they hit or anything else. It was based on how they high-fived each other, how many times they fist-bumped each other. In other words, the most successful teams, well, they support each other. They like each other. They are happy for each other. And that's really kind of the biggest aspect. They're cheering each other on. They're happy for each other. I'm just going to tell you that being happy for yourself, being happy for other people has a profound effect on our lives. And that's what we're going to be talking about for the next few weeks. We're going to look at the beginning of Matthew chapter 5. You see, Matthew 5 through 7 has this whole collection of sayings and teachings of Jesus. And at the very beginning of that is the Beatitudes. But this is actually how Matthew chapter 5 starts. It says, one day as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him and he began to teach them. And if you've listened to the last couple of weeks, we've talked a lot about this idea that when Jesus taught, he would say, you used to think this way, but now you need to think this way. This is very much one of these moments to change the way you think. <laughs> that was this moment. Jesus sat down and he began to teach. So at the very beginning of this teaching and these sayings of Jesus, we find the Beatitudes. And I don't know why they're called the Beatitudes. That's just what I was taught to call them growing up. That's what we were taught to call them in, in college, the, the Beatitudes. But Really, all they are, they're just these simple statements that carry a profound meaning. And each of the Beatitudes, the first 12 verses, begins with the word blessed. Now, when you take a Greek word and translate it into English, we have blessed, but there's actually two Greek words that can be translated into blessed, and they have two different meanings. The, the first one is eulogio. And eulogio means that the Lord would bless the sick or heal the sick. In, in other words, if you are, if you blessed someone, you are like invoking a healing. You're praying for them, that they get better from a circumstance or a situation they're in. But the other one is makarios. And makarios 
is not like the first one. It's not invoking a blessing or praying for someone. In fact, makarios is recognized more as a state of being. Makarios means a state of happiness or joy. Nothing's causing the happiness or joy. It's just this state of being. It's not due to any circumstance. Now, to illustrate this, me and my friend Trey, when we go surfing, we've got this, this habit that we developed. And so whenever we are done surfing, and it doesn't matter if we caught 20 waves or we caught zero waves. It doesn't matter if we got pounded by the waves. When we get to the car and we're getting out of our wetsuits, we always say, that was awesome. And we fist bump each other, high five each other. That was awesome. And what's interesting about that, that little habit that we've developed, it's kind of funny between us, but our, our happiness in that moment for just finishing up that surf session has nothing to do with catching the greatest wave we've ever caught or catching the most waves we've ever caught. Or it has nothing to do with getting pounded and not catching a single wave. It simply has to do with us being there, being in the water and loving it. And so basically that's what Makarios is. Makarios is a state of being happy regardless of the circumstances around us or your lot in life. Uh, Makarios is a state of being happy. Uh, look, we're really good in our lives at, at seeing things that need to change so that we can be happy, right? We're, we're all looking around, we're, we're pursuing happiness in one way or another, and we think, man, if, if I could just lose weight, I would be happy. If I could get a new job or get a job or if I could get new shoes or a new car or a new house, then then I would be happy. 91% of the people in the world view themselves in a negative way. They view themselves as basically I'm always chasing happiness instead of just being happy. Honestly, this is a profound concept. To me. The thought of, of you do something and you get a reward. It's been put into us, right? We do this. It's the right thing to do, but really we do it because we're going to get this. And if that's the case, if you're doing something just because you're getting a reward, that's not really who you are. On the other hand, if you do something because it's just the right thing to do, then that's who you are. Deep down at your core, it's just who you are. You're doing the right thing simply because it's the right thing to do, not because you get rewarded for it. If I'm honest with myself, when I look at my spiritual life, especially my early spiritual life, I, I see my obedience my obedience to God, my obedience to Jesus, my obedience to the church as a way of seeking the reward. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, right? We're going to obey the rules of God because we want salvation. We want the kingdom of heaven. And, and, and so we've got this, oh, we do this so we get a reward. And for example, when I was a kid, I was in Mrs. Rob's Sunday school class. And Mrs. Robb, she was, I'm sure, a very nice old lady. I was a little bit scared of her. 
But in her class, we had these old metal folding chairs that quite often we would lean back on just the back two um, legs of the chair and lean back against the wall. It was the cool thing to do in Mrs. Rob's class, but it made Mrs. Rob very angry. And if you ever lean back, she would stop the class and she'd try to put all four legs on the ground. And, and I was taught that if I was sitting on two legs on a metal folding chair, that not only was Mrs. Rob mad, but Jesus was also very mad at me <laughs> for not sitting on all four legs in the chair. And on the other hand, in Mrs. Rob's class, if I memorized my catechism and I came to class having a catechism or two memorized, I got a jolly rancher for every one of those catechisms that I had memorized. And so I learned that, man, if I was going to memorize my catechism, then I was going to be happy because I got a jolly rancher and Jesus was going to be happy with me. And so we were taught this, and it's not a bad thing, but we were taught you do this and you get a reward. But the bottom line is, that if we're gonna do the right thing so we get a reward, that's not really who we are. We need to change the way we think. We need to do the right thing simply because it's the right thing to do. And so think about this, this idea of makarios, the state of being happy. And, and, and so here's the thing, we're in the state of being happy because we're doing the right thing. It's not because we're doing the right thing to get a reward. We're simply in the state of happiness because we're doing the right thing. And because we're doing the right thing, because it's who we are, we're already enjoying the rewards of it. And that's really what Jesus is saying in the Beatitudes. Remember, he's talking to people that were very concerned about following the rules, that were very concerned about doing all the right things, whether their heart was in it or not. All they were concerned about was checking the box. And Jesus saying these things is telling them, hey, you need to change the way you think. It's not just doing the right things. It's doing the right things because your heart is in the right place. Now, I want to read to you the Beatitudes. So we're in Matthew chapter 5, and it's verses 3 through 12. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now remember, the people that Jesus is talking to here, they wanted change. They wanted a political change. They didn't like their political situation. They didn't like their lot in life. They wanted better things and more freedom. They, they wanted lots of things. And what's interesting about these statements that Jesus makes Basically, there's nothing about politics. 
There's nothing about possessions. There's nothing about freedom. In fact, it's more about, hey, this is who you are. So beatitude number one. What does Jesus say? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, my first reaction as a Westerner is I look at poor being blessed as now. <laughs> That's not the case. R really, uh, poor people aren't blessed. Well, in a traditional sense, poor means you don't have much money, it, that you don't have many material possessions, so you're obviously not blessed, right? But the other way to look at that is I think, oh, they're poor, they're, they're lowly, right? They're beat down, they've got mud on their face, they're just, they're, they're just, ah, poor them, right? Just poor them. But what's interesting is about most of these statements that Jesus makes, they're tied in to the Old Testament. And the people listening to them and the readers, the early readers that Matthew wrote to would have understood this. They had a different understanding. And so when Jesus said that blessed are the poor in spirit, they would have tied that verse into Isaiah 66. And in Isaiah 66 too, it says, I will bless those who have humble and contrite hearts who tremble at my word. And so so when they heard, blessed are the poor in spirit, they automatically heard and understood that was coming from Isaiah. And basically what Isaiah is saying is, I will bless those who are humble, have contrite hearts, and who tremble at my word. So Jesus is not talking about people with a little bit of money. He's not talking about the lowly, beat-down people in life. Now, the word poor refers to someone that is humble in heart and loves and longs for God's word. The other word that could be used there is pious. I've never liked that word. It seems negative to me, but it simply just means dedicated to God's word. And, and, and so what Jesus is referring to is not some beat down poor person. No, he's talking about someone that's just simply humble. They're not arrogant. They're not looking at other people who aren't good at studying God's word in a, in a bad way, or they don't follow the rules like me. No, they're humble. They're humble, not arrogant, and they love God's word. So the picture here is not that I'm better than you because I'm reading God's word. It's this person that's authentically in love with God, and authentically in love with God's word. So let's go back to our NBA illustration, the whole high five thing as a predictor of success of these NBA teams. And as I was listening to this podcast, she began to say, well, this is obvious, right? Because these teams that are high-fiving each other, they're patting each other on the back, they're fist bumping, they're for each other. You see, in the NBA and professional sports across the board, those athletes tend to be about themselves. And you see a lot of this, they're banging on their own chest instead of fist bumping or high-fiving somebody else. They're, they tend to keep the ball to themselves even if there's open people. And so the less high-fiving, the less fist bumping, basically you've got selfish, arrogant players. And in the teams that are for each other, the teams that are patting each other on the back and, and high-fiving each other, well, they're the ones that are humble. 
Uh, they're the ones that cheer for each other. They're, they're the ones that are going to pick each other up. They're the ones that are quick to pass the ball to an open teammate. And, and really, when you look at basketball, it's a pretty simple game, but that's the way it's supposed to be. You have five guys in a team, and that's the way it's supposed to be played. And so what am I saying with all that? I'm saying Jesus is telling people here in this beatitude that this is the way it's supposed to be. Deep down, you're supposed to be humbly seeking God in his word, not going around like the Pharisees and the Sadducees of the day, telling people how they should be or patting yourself on the back because you fasted all day, or, or standing and praying these big, long prayers because you are so well-educated. Jesus is saying that's not happiness. <laughs> what happiness is, is humbly loving God and loving his word. That's the way it's supposed to be. And so what Matthew says, I will bless those who have humble and contrite hearts, who tremble at my word, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's the response. These poor in spirit that he's talking about, these that are humbly seeking after God and his word, they, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, remember, that first line isn't necessarily a reward because they did this. It's just a state of being. Because this is who they are, they're already enjoying the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> and so in that day, in that day, the kingdom of God was mentioned a lot. Not just Jesus mentioned the kingdom of God. It was mentioned a lot. And in that phrase, the kingdom of God, was used to describe a state of being. Imagine that. And, and so this state of being, this, this idea of the kingdom of God, it's where God alone was the king of your life. And so when Jesus says, then theirs is the kingdom of God, guess what? Guess where their state of being, they're in a state where God alone is the king of their lives. So one more time, that basketball illustration this idea that that's the way it's supposed to be. That's how the game works, right? And Jesus is telling us, hey, this is the way it's supposed to be. You're supposed to live in this way that you're authentically seeking me and the word. And so in that podcast, this lady is basically saying that we need to be high-fiving ourselves, that we need to be fist-bumping ourselves, and it sounds crazy, doesn't it? Because she's saying we need to go in the mirror before the day and boom, high five ourselves because there's this, there's this thing that happens when you do that. And there's like the science behind it. And, and I, I'm totally into this science of, of neurology that, man, we can change the way we think. We can train our brains to think differently. And that is what she's saying. She's saying you can go in the mirror, you can high five yourself, and it begins to train your brain to start cheering yourself on instead of tearing yourself down. And so I'm saying, okay, Jesus is saying, hey, you want to be happy? You want to live in a state of happiness? Then seek after me. Fall in love with me and fall in love with my word, and you will live in this state where I am the king of your life. And you will be in this Makarios, this state of happiness. 
And so how do we do that? Well, we train ourselves just like the high five idea every day. We open up God's word and we spend time reading God's word. We spend time studying God's word. We pray, we seek him out. And here's what I'm saying, you just try it. You start with five minutes or 10 minutes a day and just, just go and be alone with God and his word, meditate on it, read it, and watch what happens. See what happens to your state of being. It's so simple, but it's so real. And I dare you this week to practice this. Happy are those that humbly seek God in his word, for they are already experiencing the kingdom of heaven right here on earth.